Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, where you get to speak with myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as you have the opportunity to call in, share your information, talk about things that you want to talk about, or perhaps even ask questions. Now, being a therapist, and some individuals are life coaches, we are out there in the trenches and the ditches and trying to, to provide resources, information in regard to helping individuals heal from a lot of different things, whether it's addiction, whether it's childhood trauma, whether it's relationship coaching, or whatever it is to better improve their life or their lifestyle. Now, one of the challenges that many individuals are experiencing these days is breaking family cycles, meaning where does this originate from? Where does this come from? Getting to the root of it. Now, sometimes individuals may grow up in the foster care system. They may have already detached or disengaged from their family members. Some individuals may have grown up like me in an amished family where our family was all in everybody's business. We'd be like, get you some business. You know, so we was all over the place. But we thought that was normal. We thought it was normal to where if something happened in the family, all the family got together and all hell broke out. When we start talking about breaking these cycles, and I'm going to read something that I posted when I put this together on Facebook. Now, being a cycle breaker, because you got to get to the point to where it's like, you know what, this is not working for me. And I did that. I became the scapegoat. I became a... I was to go to, but people were like, who does she think she is? I remember my own mother telling me, who do you think you are? You ain't better than nobody else in this family. I was like, uh, I may not know who I am, but I know who I don't want to be. I may not know what I'm doing, but I found out that all this stuff that I learned is not working for me. So it takes courage, a lot of courage. And one would have to bravely decide to stand up against the status quo. And in this case, the status quo is your family, your family traditions, and I'm not saying all of it is bad, the habits as well as the attitudes and the beliefs. Now, when one gets sick and tired of being sick and tired, they start to realize that these cycles and all this stuff is just not working for me. I remember one time my cousin told me, he was 33 years old, rest in peace, James Thompson. He said, it's a doggone shame that at 33, I have to relearn all this stuff that I learned in my life. He didn't get it. He thought it was okay. No, it's not okay. So the thing is, we do have to get to that point to where we realize this is not working for me. And when we start talking about this, has to do with emotional trauma, which we're going to be talking about. Some of the things you may have experienced or witnessed that you thought was okay. The month of October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Verbal abuse. If your mother or father was a yeller, you were going to be a yeller. If they tried to avoid conflict and never talked about anything, I had a person tell me the other day, and I said, if you can change anything about your family, what would that be? And the response was sweeping things up under the rug. My family didn't address things. Now, I'm not saying that 
you should broadcast all of your family business. But if you ignore or deny it, you're not helping the situation. My mother used to say, what goes on in my house, stay in my house. Or you and, and and these were just some of the sayings and and I and people that know me know that Precious Predicaments originated from Precious, which is my mother's nickname. So I talk about her a lot. So I had to grow, mature, develop emotionally because that emotional trauma is what sticks to us. So like I was saying, with it being National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. If you grew up in a home with a lot of dysfunction, chaos, domestic violence, watching your mama hit your daddy or your daddy hit your mama or the way they talk to each other, you're going to either repeat that behavior or you're going to either shut down, but you're going to learn something from it. Another, when we talk about breaking the cycle, and the benefit is relational issues. I remember a person told me, Jeanette, the men that you and your mama date and your sisters, mm-mm. And I never realized that. And I would be angry at my mother for the men that she dated, and I started doing the same thing. <laughs> I had to break the cycle. I was showing someone, I saw someone posting on Facebook, and they said, you got to change your appetite. Many of us need to change our appetite, and especially with relational issues how we treat people, how we talk to individuals, how we confront conflict. Do we look at it as an opportunity for growth? Or do we make it worse? Or do an argument turn into a fight? Another area of breaking family cycles has to do with parenting, the way we parent our children. Most individuals, we talk about discipline. It was about punishment. But discipline is teaching self-discipline. So your kids won't be out there running amok, acting a fool. But back in the day, I remember my mother used to tell me, when you out there in them streets, they're not looking at you. They're talking about me. And I didn't see it that way. But that was how she saw it. So the parenting is to redirect these behaviors, not just punish or have the child afraid of you. So we have to learn how to communicate with our children. We have to learn how to parent adult children, which a lot of us are struggling in that area. Because one of the things I vow with breaking a family cycle is the way I parent my adult children, okay? The number one is financial, spiritual, as well as our diet. Now, let me log on the first caller. Hi, this is Jeanette from Love God, how are you doing? Okay. Thank you. I see you are watching on Facebook as well as being on the air. And I appreciate you. I really do. And it's like I was just telling my niece, because she was trying to be shy with coming on the show. This is an opportunity for growth. This ain't to just put your business out there. Because one of the things that I'm going to be sharing in regards to how this is a challenge and why we get stuck is we have held so much stuff inside to where we don't talk about it. When you talk about it, it's a relief. When you talk about it, you can also hear and learn other people's perspective. And you don't know who's listening to this show. 
I was just on, um, I think it was either the other night, the one last night, probably was the night before that. I, because I do a divorce mediations also, and I work with a lot of families, and I'm with couples counseling, but I still do couples counseling. And I wanted to learn more information in order to be able to help some of my clientele. And there was a podcast, and they were talking about something that I was interested in when it comes to trying to deal with the the emotions of a breakup or a divorce. And one of the things I'm saying is learning how to handle your emotions. A lot of individuals don't know how to do that. And they said you should make sure you are in tune with your emotions before you file for the divorce. That way it don't become a messy, high-conflict divorce. Because you've got people that's been married for years and years and years, and, and they don't understand what they're about to go through. So I wanted to, to hear the podcast, Sean. And so mm-hmm. I had downloaded the app on, I think it was called Bean Pod or Pod Bean or something like that. And when I downloaded the app, I said, you know what, let me see. Let me type in my information. Girl, why did I, when I typed in my information, I found out I got a, uh, my show was on that app too. <laughs> I didn't even know. I just typed in right and 300 of my episodes popped up. I said, wow. So I don't do this for numbers. I don't do it for money. I do it to share information because, like I said, Sean, and like, that's why I appreciate you when I call you is because mm-hmm. it's in a lot of ways people don't even realize. They don't even realize. So we talk about breaking family cycles. What comes to your mind? Ooh, I don't know. When when uh, when I saw what the um, um, subject was, I didn't know how to mm-hmm. um, even approach that one. I was thinking mm-hmm. about it. I was thinking about it, but you know, that's a hard one because let's be honest. You know, I deal with a lot of family, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of different things that it's just a, you know, a cycle, different types from some, from all aspects, whether mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you break. I'm not seeing that everything that we learned and experienced was bad. I'm not seeing that. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I'm not either. But I mean, I'm mm-hmm. talking about even the good things. Just, just you know, like you said, family cycles. It don't even necessarily have to be bad. But you know, mm-hmm. things. You know, you, we have our our different things that it literally just becomes a, a cycle. I'm. I'm can, let me give an example. You know, you know, I I like to do my gatherings and things, and I mm-hmm. I love to being family oriented and. You know me when it when it comes to family with me that means everybody you and your family and everybody and where we grew up. But mm-hmm. sometimes because we all know that's what I'm about, that's what mm-hmm. everybody expects too. And when you know when I get tired and overwhelmed, it's kind of not accepted because we used to that being me. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. my my family know how to accept sometimes no. You you, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because it's with with 
everybody's adapted to, you know, I'm the go-to person when it comes to, you know, to doing things. And sometimes I get tired. Mm-hmm. And I and I and, and but it's just like you said, it's a cycle. So I, I've developed a cycle for being that person. Mm-hmm. Well, because you and got sometimes used I just want to sit at like, Correct. It's like when we talk about family cycles. Okay, you're keeping that family tradition. You like gathering. You like fun. You like all of this. But a yeah. lot of that gets from you. Now with me, people know. I love to socialize. I do like to socialize. But when you mm-hmm. get tired. She can't go and find her corner and she won't sleep. I will, you will be at my house, girl. I'll be sleep somewhere. I'll find me a little comfortable. <laughs> I am not a good hostess. I'm not. My daughter gets on me because she said that I'll be, i get easily distracted because I'm used to multitasking and I'll be all on my phone mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. H-O-N, I see you. But that's just me. I'm going to go to sleep. I don't care where I'm at. I'm going to go to sleep. Joanne is on there on Facebook. I remember one time we went to go watch my godbrother perform at a club. I told Joanne, I said, Joanne, watch my back. I got to take a nap. Because <laughs> we in a club, I'm in there sleep. I would do it on my <laughs> But the thing is, my mother on the other end, every time we had a family gathering, it was always a fight. Always. Always, mm-hmm. either Gina got mad, somebody done drunk her water, somebody done pissed her off. Somebody, it's always a fight, and especially if mm-hmm. you knew, you know it's going to be some mess. And part of it was my family didn't know how to parent adult children. They still want to mm-hmm. treat adults like they kids because we mm-hmm. never developed that emotional maturity and that trauma was still there. So it would go mm-hmm. generation after generation after generation. And I see it. I, I, I see it. And I try to break that cycle with my kids, but I know sometimes Richie gets on my nerves. Ooh, he gets mm-hmm. on my nerves. I'll be wanting to bust him upside the head like Gene used to do boogie. And I'll be like, Jeanette, just keep your hands to yourself. Jeanette, do it. Jeanette, don't do it. Jeanette. But these are some of the cycles that I know that when we talk about a cycle – Versus a generational curse, Joanne, I see you. I, I tell I tell on myself all the time, yes, I will go to sleep at a club. I see it that. I do. Girl, Joanne, one time we got on a boat one time. We went on a dinner cruise. The boat pulled off. I was sitting there eating my dinner. The boat, <laughs> I was still sitting there because I slept the whole cruise. My auntie said, Jeanette, where you been? Girl, I was sitting there the whole time. I fell asleep. That was the best sleep I ever had in a long time. I didn't feel the boat moving, rocking. I fell asleep the whole four hours. Girl, they dancing, they partying. Girl, I'm sitting there asleep the whole time. I'm going to sleep, okay? So Jeanette will go to sleep, right? So getting back to what I was saying with breaking these, um, these cycles or the dysfunction and part of it is, Sean, we didn't know it was dysfunction when we were kids. We didn't know. No. We thought it was acceptable, it was normal, that's what they do. And now mm-hmm. we're in trouble for it, and we're trying to change the way we're doing things. And when you do that, and you be a implement or you implement change and you set boundaries, everybody in your family is not going to like it. They're not. Right. 
Another family cycle that I tried to break was drinking. Because you know I'm not a drinker, and I don't get mm-hmm. So no, my you're right. mother, that was okay. I didn't want to continue that generational thing. I'm not going to sit there and get drunk with my kids, smoke weed mm-hmm. with my kids. Uh-uh, no. Because that no. made me lose respect for my mother. Because, so I would come in the house, girl, they'd be in there. I would turn on the fan. i blow weed all over the house. they go get their bottles with Tangeray, girl. I would put water all in the bottle. <laughs> I sabotage everything. They used to be so mad at me. I was worse than a dentist the minute growing up. But I didn't like that. I really didn't like it. And now that I'm trying to implement it even in my home today, I'm still fighting with that spirit of people wanting to drink and do all this around me. Not in my mm-hmm. house. This is my peace. No. So when you decide to break the cycle and you bravely stand up against the status quo, they see how we see our family operated and we decided to pursue our own values, own needs, even if doing so causes chaos. I don't care if my family don't like me. I don't, it, it don't bother me because I had to learn how to implement boundaries. And mm-hmm. anyone... Um, a cycle breaker, and it tends to be common amongst the scapegoats because we get tired of people, who do you think you are? You ain't no better than nobody else. And, right. You know, how do you deal with that? Because, see, Sean, you sensitive. I'm not sensitive. I'm, I'm yeah. sensitive. So how do you, with these patterns, when you see them repeating itself from generation to generation until it catches up with you, how do you... Look at that. Because you don't do things the way Sue did it. No, I don't. And and you know what? That I don't. And you know, I respect, I love my mother to, to the fullest. But some of the things that she did, like you say, I didn't, I did, it wasn't okay with me. So, mm. of course, we can't call them on that. So you just make your own way and stick to it. Hard to do, though. That's so hard to do. But um, it, to, we we have to be individual on that, you know, because it, it, otherwise it, it'll never change. If we do the same things they did, then our kids are going to do the same things they did. Then their mm-hmm. kids are going to do the same things they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, were, they were good women. Mm-hmm. They were good women, but they're a whole different generation. The, the things that the days they did and the way they did, it was right for them. It's just not right for There you for go. Us. There you go. It was right for them. See, my mother was very vain. Girl, I even hate wearing makeup, lipstick. I hate to get my hair done. Girl, I probably got a big old patch in the back of my head right about now where I got to comb through this mess. I don't care about that kind of stuff. But my mother would not let us leave the house. Unless we had everything intact, girl, I had one sock up, one sock down, shirt be hanging off. I was just rebel. I was straight rebel. My mother was bleaching our skin like Michael Jackson with Esoterica. And of course, I'm like, why we got to do all of this? You know, so that was another thing. I didn't put that on my daughter. You know, I heard some things about insecurity. Most insecurities start from childhood. 
when mm-hmm. we do these to our kids when they're little. I remember getting dressed for my grandfather's funeral. My mother said, girl, go in there and change your clothes before you be mooning my daddy. I'm like, how the hell am I moon the daddy? You know? <laughs> she would, and this is probably why I don't like exercising. My mother would make us walk, exercise, do ride by sweet. Girl, now you can't pay. I got two gym memberships. I ain't been to a gym this whole year. I need my butt kicked, but uh, I did walk weeks ago, but I need to do that again. Hey, Seeing is I got the treadmill and the uh, elliptical right here at home, and I ain't used them in months. Mm-hmm. But here, here we go, Sean. It's not bad. The thing she was trying to teach mm-hmm. me wasn't all bad. It's just no. that it didn't fit me. It wasn't me. You can't make me walk around here trying to be Miss Beauty Queen and Miss America. That was not me. I was more tomboyish. So I mm-hmm. had to break because I also saw how my mother was putting that pressure on my daughter. So I had to set boundaries. With my mother. Mm-hmm. It can be challenging. It can be challenging. And I want to focus, and I want to say this, forgiveness. Sometimes with breaking family cycles, you have to forgive people because they don't know no better. They really mm-hmm. don't. That's all they know. That's why it's challenging. It's also very familiar to them. My mother did things the way my grandmother did it, probably the way my grandmother's mother did it. It's this right. tradition. Even Tisha. Tisha breaks family cycles because she tries her best not to do things the way I did it. Another thing besides being familiar is poor boundaries. We didn't know nothing about dysfunctional family, emish families, disengaged families, mm-hmm. blended families, co-parenting. We didn't know nothing about none of that. We had no idea. Another thing is pervasive guilt. Sometimes our parents parent out of guilt. Joanne said, you just made a good point. You set boundaries when she tried to apply to her. Oh, yes, I did. I wasn't having it. You ain't messing with my baby. That that we ain't doing. I already used to take up for myself, and I sure wasn't going to let her come at my daughter. Now, she literally mm-hmm. jacked you. Reggie was her little protege. She... Reggie was the son she never had. And when I was pregnant, she was mad. But when Jean came in that hospital, I ain't coming to the hospital. I ain't because she was mad when I got pregnant. But when Reggie was born, Sean, you know. Reggie can do no wrong. No wrong. But when it comes to me, girl, I'll be ready to knock that sucker out. I'm like, I am not your granny. I am not your aunties. I am not playing with you. And so I have to implement boundaries with him. And I think just now he's gotten to the point. I noticed it yesterday. I seen a change in Reggie yesterday because he saw, my mother's not playing with me. She will be done with me. And I literally mean it. I will be done with you because I'm not dealing with that chaos. So Mm -hmm. change. change is possible if you want it. You have to learn how to reparent yourself. Meaning, if you didn't have, if you didn't know, and that's fine if you don't know. But once you start seeing differently, or you got to walk differently. It's okay to reparent yourself, and that's why you also know, only have to forgive those that didn't know any better. You also have to forgive yourself. 
and mm-hmm. set healthy and better boundaries. Share your past. You know, Sean, ain't nothing about my past that I'm ashamed of that I'm not afraid to talk about. Because it's put up in my face. Even as a therapist, I don't sit here and make it seem like I'm better than everybody else. I'm holier than that. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. But I don't mind sharing my past. But not everybody needs to know your past or can hold on to your past. So you got to be mindful of that. <laughs> and the thing is practice we got to start having some compassion for ourselves, be authentic, and remember, therapy can help. It really can help. What's your take on some of the things you shared, Sean? Say that again. Repeat that again. What is your take on some of the things that I just talked about? Because we can heal from them toxic patterns if we want to. We can heal from those things. I was looking at um, some posts that I don't want to say his name out there because he told me if I say his name, I'm going to have to start giving him or compensating him from using his name. But he posted, <laughs> he posted some things, and I'm going to read some of the posts. Because it came from okay. Life Lessons Quote. It says, I want a relationship where giving up on each other isn't an option. And that's interesting because that's a childhood issue. Because if you grew up in a home where your parents fought all the time but nobody ever left, to them that's not giving up. Today we know, even T.D. J. said there's three, three deal breakers, abuse, abandonment, and addiction. And one of the things as parents, we failed, many of us failed, to properly prepare our kids for life. We sheltered them. We enabled them. They have a sense of entitlement. They become disrespectful. They watched all of this stuff going on in the home, and they felt like, my daddy didn't give up on my mama. My mama didn't give up on my daddy. They probably shouldn't have never been married in the first place. They probably should have been because the things that some of these kids have seen and been exposed to mm-hmm. should not happen. So when a person say, I want a relationship where giving up on each other isn't an option, it ain't that you give up. You may have evolved. You may have learned that, no, I'm not living like this. Another post was trying to learn, no, trying to unlearn all of my toxic behaviors so I can become my best. A lot of times you don't realize that the behavior is toxic until somebody brings it to your attention. But again, you grew up in a home where it was accepted and ain't toxic to you. It's normal. But some of the things that I've seen, some of the things, oh, girl, hell no, I ain't living like that. (laughs) Do you remember, I want to say it was the last um, show that I called in on and I said, some of the things that my mom believed in or the way she was, I'm just going to say her actions, I should say, not verbally, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say verbally um, put out there or expressed to me, but just her actions, period, on relationships. It was um, so strong and dominant to the fact that it caused her not to stay in any relationship, I must say. Mm-hmm. Those things those things were learned by me. 
know she mm-hmm. didn't outright say it, but it was, can we say, insinuated maybe. So it it it, it made a um, it it I'm gonna say internalized. It, it made me feel like that's the way it's supposed to be. You supposed to be this dominant woman and and do everything for yourself. Well, that's not the case. That's what I'm saying when I when you when like you say changing cycles. I don't intend to be that person. Yeah, it might be late in life learning it, but I am proud time, of you, son. I'm proud of you because I see you. I remember I told you the last time I told you you had this glow. You're learning mm-hmm. from them to put yourself first and engage in self care. You wasn't doing yeah. that before time, but you oh, wasn't engaging in self care, and that's a good thing. But you know, but I want to say this about relationships because it's it, it's in my head right now. My mother took the with Mr. Hollyfield until death mm-hmm. do us part. Until death do us part. My mother was mm-hmm. even at the hospital the day that Mr. Hollyfield passed away in the hospital. He was waiting on her to show up. Had just cut off the phone with her, and it was so interesting because his friend Sam was sitting in there. He was sitting in there with a dead body, and my mother said she was running through the hospital. They talking about cold blue, cold blue. She running in there trying to get to Mr. Hollyfield. Mr. Hollyfield in there dead with the phone on, on his chest where he just got the phone with her. She would never leave that man alone no matter who she was with. And I'm wow. like, what the She could shot until he died. Until he died. And so sometimes women grew up and they saw this. And they think that's okay. That's not okay. Because Mr. Hunter no. was not healthy. He was not healthy. He may have been a good provider. But that man was toxic. And that made me, from seeing all of that, I became aggressive. I, became, I had to defend myself. I had to, that was not healthy. So when we talk about unlearn all my toxic behavior so I can become my best me, that's a challenge because you got to want it and not manipulate it. Another one was, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm proud I'm not where I used to be. And that is... <laughs> and that's a, that's a perfect definition of, of myself. I'm mm. not where I want to be, but, mm. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying getting there. Mm-hmm. Another post that was on life... With that. Mm-hmm. Another life, um, lesson on life lesson quote is, a true friend doesn't care if you're broke, upset, or if your family is filled with crazy people, they love you for who you are, that's fine mm-hmm. as long as it's not toxic and interfering in their family and their relationship with you. Now, mm-hmm. you can't judge a person based on who they're related to, but if you start seeing these toxic patterns and that toxic pattern can stunt your growth or your opportunity, that's not healthy. I don't have to see you every day to love you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be around right. you every day to know that I appreciate you. But by that same token, I don't need individuals, or we shouldn't need individuals with these toxic patterns and let them think that's okay. It's not okay. Not okay. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. didn't want to tell clients, I mean individuals, I mean my clients, People are not bad people. They have bad habits. Got to break those habits. 
break those habits. And I want to give the listeners, it talks about, it says how to break toxic family cycles. Here are five steps for breaking generational cycles. One of the things it says, take note of the common beliefs in your family system. Sometimes generational cycles take the form of observable action. Take note. You know, as I be doing these shows or when I'm in a therapy session, it reminds me of something. And it's not as counter-transference because counter-transference is when a therapist try to work out their issues with the client. That's not what be happening. But I can relate to a lot of situations because I've been exposed to a lot of different things, and I've overcame a lot of adversity in a lot of areas in my life. And sometimes that can be used against you if the other person has a narcissistic personality or they haven't healed from their own self. What's your take on that, Sean? We talk about taking note of the common beliefs in your family system. Just pay attention. You'll see it. It's, 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 yeah, it's, but, but you know what? It's easy to do, though. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's easy to take on that. Uh, like you said, it's, it's, it's like, oh, let me just think I want to... What I'm trying to say, you know, like, um, I'm just going to say not just specific family, but just people just around you. Sometimes it's, it's easy to adapt to those same old traits. And like you said, it don't have to be bad. Sometimes it's not bad, but mm-hmm. most of the time it's not really good either. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Right. It's how this is working for you. That's just like I'm proud of Crystal. I am so proud mm-hmm. of Crystal. And the yes. way her life is now and the things that she's doing, because she's always had a beautiful soul, but Crystal's been through mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. Yes. a whole and lot, so, yeah. by that same token, she don't deny who she is. No. And that's a good thing because that's when you realize and you appreciate your growth. So, we, you know, we got some people that's afraid to move out of the neighborhood. My mother used to call them them kangos, kango niggas, can't go nowhere, you know, because they're so used to it. Oh, my God, and most of them are like of that. A cycle. What was you saying, Sean? No, I said uh, um, um, a lot of us around from around here is like that. <clears throat> they're so afraid of doing something different until they mm-hmm. don't even realize that they haven't stepped out and and did you know did different things. I mean, as, as simple as even vacation. Mm-hmm. They, they just so stuck, and and mm-hmm. I, I know they don't mean to be, but a lot of people say like um, I, I've been trying to encourage a um, friends and family cruise. Oh, I'm not girl, going when I, I was cracking up. I said, look at Brenda being pushed in a wheelchair on the boat. <laughs> I think I thought about was, I hope she don't cuss nobody out. <laughs> that was I so like funny. seeing these that things you know. because whenever we ever, uh, I did a birthday cruise for my 50th birthday. Um, we just did a going around for four hours, and that was fun. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it on my birthday because, you know, I don't like water. But by that mm-hmm. same token, these are not things that we were used to doing. We have to learn to evolve. We have to learn how to, even when I talk about finances, we got that's another breaking a family cycle. 
We got to learn how to better manage our money. We yes, don't. We want, we want. We want that. Some individuals still have. I call it the ghetto or project mentality because they think that they can't. Well, I ain't gonna say we don't think we can afford it because we have always lived like the Joneses and outside of our means, but we don't invest well. We don't. No. We wait. And, and even I don't. And, and I manage money way better than my mother did. And my mother mm-hmm. had a lot more money to deal with than I do. And you wouldn't know mm-hmm. it. But yeah. um, still, when it comes to, like you said, investing and things like that, I'm not good at it. I'm just good at, you know, being, being responsible with money. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's I, one thing. I didn't really teach. Well, Keisha always had better money management skills than Reggie, always, even as a child. I had mm-hmm. to learn, and I still am not good at it. I, I, I'm not. I got a whole lot of stuff, even when I be meeting with financial planners and lawyers and, and talking about wills and trusts and doing all. My mother didn't expose us to a lot of that stuff. Joanne said, if you grew up in church, those things weren't allowed because you were going to Oh, real. Joanne said you were going to hell. <laughs> wow, Joanne. No, seriously. And you know I was raised in church. I could see, see. My mother always wanted us to think a man was going to come and take care of all of that. But then she taught us to be independent and not to depend on a man, but she didn't teach us how to respect a man. I remember I had a man tell me, Janelle, you need to, know, you need to learn how to let a man be a man. I didn't even know what that meant. Oh. I, Sean, I was lost. The man said... You need to learn how to let a man be a man. And this man was much younger than me at the time. He was much younger. But he was so mature than emotionally. But I'm thinking, you're too young for me. You, that man told me you need to learn how to let a man be a man. You know, it's that, that's so ironic that you said that because so many people keep telling me that right now. They're like, God, can you step back and, you know, just let the man do something. You don't, you can't just, what they say, um, not boss him around, but, but um, um, I, I, what do you call it? Is it demasculate? Is that what you call it? Yeah, because a lot of females, and this is something too, we're breaking this family cycle. And the African American culture, we come from a matriarchic family. And one of the things that I'm learning is a lot of African-American females, we have a lot of masculine energy because we are in survivor mode a lot. And because we always see ourselves as a survivor or a victim, like I don't have no choice, we run people off or we intimidate them with that energy and we don't even realize that some of that comes from our ancestors because we had no choice. We had to learn how to survive. I've been talking to a person that I've been knowing for over 30 years, and the one thing that I've learned is to let people know I appreciate them. Even if he doesn't an event, I'm not used to that. So, Or he'll come back with some kind of feedback, or he'll say, well, I'm not telling you what to do but you know what you need to do. And I appreciate it because not only did I have to mature, he had to mature too. 
and I see his growth as much as he sees mine. And I have to remind him, 30 years ago, we were nowhere close to that. It took going through some things. Um, Joanne said the boss call it or end it up. Call it boss or independent woman. That's true. But by that same token, sometimes we miss out on things because we become too independent. When we got to learn how to just be quiet, but we don't know how. Mm-hmm. My mama didn't know how to be quiet. My mother didn't know how to tone it down. My mother, mm-mm. nope, she didn't know how to do it. She was, but she didn't know how to do it. She wouldn't do it. Okay? She just but I think that's still their generation. It is. It was part of their generation. So another thing is identify the family pattern of behaviors. I saw it. I saw my grandmother pistol whoop a man because he didn't wash the dishes and had him handcuffed to a chair. (laughs) I saw how my mother would go off on little little things that was like, wow, really ain't that serious. Now when my niece see me, I be so calm, cool, and collected. My sister be, my niece be like, okay, you, mm Girl, I ain't tripping over that. Mm-mm. I ain't gonna be raising my voice and arguing. Mm-mm. I'm not doing it. I'm not no, doing it. I'm, now that's the point. I'm I, I'm glad that I have gotten to. I'm not. I don't. I don't feel the need to argue and fight mm-hmm. and all that. I not necessary. Joanne posted. I told my niece, I'm tired of being head of household. Yeah, but when you look at Proverbs, when it said that he that findeth a good woman finds favor with God and findeth a good thing, you got to find that balance. Don't mm-hmm. just settle, but you want someone that you can trust to be head of the household because you got some great pretenders out there. You got some mm-hmm. individuals that pretend like he the man and got it going on. Mm-mm. Nope. And, and most I'm of the not, time, those are the ones that don't. Correct. We talk about being submissive. There's nothing wrong with that. If you can trust the person has your best intention, everybody don't have your best intention because you got people out there that are users, manipulators. You gotta be, and people are looking for love. So we talk about breaking that family cycle. I tell individuals that. Don't tell me you love me. Show me you respect me. And if I see that you respect me, then I know you're capable of loving me. You can't disrespect me and tell me you love me. That's um, what I'm trying to think of that little, um, they, I don't know if you've ever seen it on Facebook, Sean, when that little kid be saying, bullshit, bullshit. No. <laughs> See that little thing with that little kid talking about, bullshit, bullshit. I'd be like, that's a bullshit. You ain't, mm-mm, nope, nope. So, again, it goes back to what I was saying is you got to identify the family patterns, heal from toxic parent, parent, I mean, heal from toxic patterns. you got to heal. When people throw stuff up in my face about my mother, I knew she was a hot mess. That don't bother me. My mother used to say it to us a long time ago, don't tell me, tell my mama. If you, and you know how Jean was. If you got something to say about me, don't tell her. Even as a kid, you ain't never seen me out there fighting over what somebody said about my mama. But heal from toxic patterns. Define your new priority, meaning once you set 
threes and you see where this is causing problems, let people know and set boundaries with your family. And if your family keeps breaking your boundaries, some people you can leave them alone. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media here recently, Sean, about Steve Harvey. And I got into a, a, a conversation with a lady one time, and she said, why would I listen to Steve Harvey? And he been married. No, because if you listen, you can learn something, even if it's coming from a kid or somebody who's never been married. I have individuals tell me about therapy. Well, why would I listen? My therapist couldn't connect. My therapist. No, you're judging a the therapist because you're afraid the therapist go judge you. If the therapist is with you, that can help you. Don't be so defensive. I tell people, Harvey can tell you because he's been there, done that. And he may have learned from what he's been through in order to teach you not to fall in for the pitfalls. Don't judge somebody. And the best teacher in the world is somebody that's already experienced the things you're trying to know. There you go. There you go. Like he said, and one of the things, and I mean, I got it on my phone when he was talking about how sometimes we got to disconnect from family members. All your family members don't have your best interest. I remember when I bought the treatment of addiction, my mother said, you need to get them white folks back to their business. You need to. I'm like, but I've been a straight-A student all my life. Uh, shouldn't I be fine me? My daughter was studying business finances. And like I said, I like how teacher teaches writer about money. She got him opening up bank accounts. My mother was afraid for us to even get a driver's license. Joanne posted, people are afraid to be judged are usually the ones judging others. That is true. I learned that. That's very I, I, People's sensitivities and their insecurities, and I'm not going to let your insecurities become my problem because it ain't my problem. So I, I learned that at a very young age, Joanne, and that's what gave me strength was because and I was able to discern and see that a long time ago, a long time ago. So when I was here thinking, hmm? I was going to say the worst person in the world to, to, to tell you something or to teach you something is somebody that's always, you know, uh-uh. somebody that's always uh-uh. negative. Because how are you going to learn something from a negative person? I, I tell you something ain't going to work. No, I'm looking for this book. My granddaughter gave me a book one time. I was sitting there doing a group, and she said, she said, Granny, read this to your clients. The book says, shut up, stop whining, and get a life. I'm like, what are yeah. And that book was talking about don't listen to people with negative attitudes. Don't, and that's the same thing Steve Harvey was saying. Don't listen to somebody tell you about a business that they don't have one. Don't exactly. listen to somebody trying to tell you. He said how somebody in his family was telling him, you ain't even funny. And he said, hey, that look like, look how much I done made being funny. You know, Dwayne exactly. said, in path, so I had to learn to protect myself from talking to him. Yes, Joanne. Yes. But here's the thing, Joanne. You're an empath to a degree because you're not, I don't see you as an empath. You may have empathy. But an empath will feel their pain more than they feel it. Because, Joanne, there are some situations where you just be like, mm-mm, ain't my problem. 
A person that's an empath is not going to view it that way. They don't care who the person is. So Mm -hmm. you are aesthetic, but I would not classify you as an empath. That's just me as your friend. Because I've seen and I've heard some things like, mm -mm. you may be concerned. It's like I tell people, don't take my kindness for weakness. I have compassion. But I'm not stupid. So people right. may think because uh, I will help, I'm going to aid. No, I ain't going to help nobody who ain't trying to help themselves. If exactly. you can't pay your rent and you come to me, but you're in a situation, the problem. But if you can't pay your rent for the past three months, I'm, I'm losing money. My mother used to say that's burning money. I'm not doing that because exactly. you're not trying to help yourself out this situation. And if you tell me you can't, how is it that I can't? So, and a person no, that, no, and a no. person that admits they can't is not trying to do anything. Even if, I, I've always said it, it, it's a person that's so willing and, and, and free to say, quick to say, I can't. They, know, they never will. Because they never will. Girl, a lot of times people, I remember one time my uncle said, I was mad at you. I'm like, what? Because I was homeless. How you being homeless got anything to do with me? I didn't make you homeless. Exactly. If you don't pay my mortgage, I'm going to be homeless. I can't blame you. <laughs> so my uncle said, exactly. and I had said that he could come live with me, but I wasn't going to let him come live with my daughter because you ain't bringing that drama around my daughter. I can handle exactly. you. My daughter can't. Because, but he don't realize my daughter will. Because Tisha is no nonsense. Tisha, mm-hmm. I put up with way more mess than Tisha do. Tisha will cut exactly, you off. Yeah. She is no so nonsense. She ain't, she ain't having it. She ain't having it. Tisha ain't is. Having it. Right. People we use Reggie yesterday. People about use Reggie. Thinking Reggie's a weak link, but Reggie ain't as stupid as he pretend to be. He's really not. Reggie's just manipulative. Now, I want to share some information, and it says, while no family acts the same and all families experience some level of dysfunction, there are some clear signs you can look for to indicate bigger problems if we're talking about dysfunctional families. Addiction. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when we talk about breaking the cycles, some individuals have to break the cycles of addiction, whether it's gambling, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs or alcohol, but that can be a bigger issue is addiction. Perfectionism. My mother was a perfectionist. She wanted us to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I couldn't even make me. My mother, if I got a, if I got a, I remember I got three A's and three B plus. Girl, my mother beat the hell out of me. She told me you were straight A student. I couldn't wait to fail a grade. Even though I never just failed the whole subject, but I was like, yeah. I ain't got to do all of that no more. I don't have to, and, and I never grew up with a, being a perfectionist because, or a people pleaser, because he who pleases everyone pleases no one. And that's also exactly. breaking a cycle, is trying to be perfect. When there's abuse or neglect, a lot of times breaking a family cycle means breaking the spirit of abuse or neglect, whether it's verbal, physical, sexual, emotional, and neglect or maltreatment. You know, my mother used to say, as long as I keep a roof over your head, that's all I got to do. But what she failed at was the emotional maturity. She didn't know how to teach mm-hmm. us to manage our emotions because she didn't know how. 
Another thing is unpredictability and fear. That's a problem. We talk about conditional love. We spoke about our No, no. I can love you, but I ain't got to deal with you. I don't have to keep letting you hurt me and then mm-hmm. say I love you unconditionally. No, I'm going to set some boundaries. I'm going to let you know this type of love is not acceptable, Okay. Another um, big problem is lack of boundaries. Some individuals have difficulty boundaries. Here's another one that's really huge, Sean. Lack of intimacy. Part of breaking cycles is learning how to be intimate. There's different types of intimacy. We only learn physical. But we we didn't know about emotional intimacy, intellectual intimacy, recreational intimacy spiritual intimacy, just like eight different types of intimacies we were not taught. So we don't know how to bond with individuals because we don't know how to be intimate. Joanne said Jesus is the only one with unconditional love. I agree because the thing is, even with parents, there are some things with my kids, no, I'm not accepting that. I'm not, yeah. So I have to tell my son, you know what, sometimes I don't like. I just don't like, and it's not that I don't like him. I don't like the behavior. There's a difference. Exactly. Another thing we're breaking. You can love a person that, um, to the bitter end that you don't have to like them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that about a lot of people, you know. That's the family. I don't need that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate that in my home. I'm not going to tolerate being around that. Another thing, um, Sean, with breaking family cycles is poor communication. Now, my mother would not let us gossip. She would not let us gossip. But mm-hmm. communication was horrible, horrible. Uh, Joanne said, I told my daughter the same thing last week. Yeah, Commun- poor communication. We don't know how to communicate because in most families, we talk at, we don't talk to. In some families, we don't listen. And in some families, we want them to do what we want them to do, but we don't look about, think about what role we play with it, in it. Now, someone says, mm-hmm. what does real dysfunction look like? A dysfunctional family is formally characterized by conflict, misbehavior, or abuse. Relationships between family members are tense and can be filled with neglect, yelling, screaming. You might feel forced to happily accept the negative treatment. You don't have to be treated like that when you break the cycle. Some of the signs, like I said, we talked about addiction, being perfectionist, abuse and neglect, unpredictability, fear, conditional love, the lack of boundaries. Let me share some of the things with the lack of boundaries includes a controlling parent who makes life decisions for you and ignore your opinions. My mother was very controlling. An intimidating parent who actively discourages you asserting yourself or even just speaking your uh, speaking your mind. Yes, you that do. Or an older child taking on the role as a parent. Do you know we were taught that we were taught that. I didn't know nothing about being a parentified child. But I had to take care of my sisters at a very young age. And in some cases, I had to be the one that had to tell my mama what to do. But well, if you remember, I, my mother was uh, working in the field all the way in different states, and 
I was 18, and it was only just me and three years. Mm-hmm. For years. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we didn't well, know. Well, being a parent, you, got a lot, you know, we had a lot going on because I was playing parent, and I was only 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, Sean, I left Compton at, no, what was that, 19, 18? It was 18, 19. When I moved, no, it was 19. I moved to 84 miles away. I didn't know nothing about the city, the culture, the military culture. I didn't know what I was doing. And then by the time I left, here come Angel, here come Boogie, here come my aunties, here come. I have clips. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. listening to Timmy and Jimmy one day talking about how when they used to come to visit me in Oceanside, and Bruno and them would come visit me in Oceanside. And I was bringing comps in Oceanside, okay? So uh-huh. one of the things that yeah, I did same thing for Vegas. You what? Same thing for Vegas. I brought yeah. something all the way to Vegas. And you did it when you went to Moreno Valley. You did that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, when we talk about breaking these family cycles, remember your needs are yours. You got to know what you need. And Joanne, you talk about my mother was and is controlling, laugh out loud. I need to give Mother Estelle a call because I thought somebody had hacked her Facebook page, and I was getting requests from her, and I had to call her. Mother Estelle, did you start a new Facebook page? She told me yes. I said, well, I just want to know because I was asking a bunch of But you got to know, and, and, and the thing is this, and this is what I've learned, even with a controlling parent, and especially I'm going to say Mother Estelle. Mother Estelle is a strong woman, and the blood that runs through her body runs through your children, and the same as mine with mine. And I see, girl, I had my hair in a ponytail Saturday. Sean, I'd be doggone if when I looked in that mirror, I did not look like my mama. I was like, <laughs> really, really, Lord, really? <laughs> big old pineapple head, big old wide nose. I was like, really, really, Jean, really? <laughs> I never thought I looked. I never thought I looked like Sue until she died, and now I'm looking. I'll be like, wow. I'll get my look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh wow. I girl. It can be spooky, Sean, but I learned to appreciate it. I learned to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So remember, your own needs are yours. Family members can sometimes not see their own dysfunction, and they can be burdened, and it can cause other issues. I remember my cousin, I should have sent this information to Cedric Boyd, my cousin. My cousin made a comment one time. He said, sometimes you can you can sit and boop, so you don't even smell it. Meaning our families could have been so, this way for so long, mm-hmm. they don't even know it's a problem. But this is some of the things that they talk about even with boundaries. Saying no, spending time with family members who make you uncomfortable. You don't know how to say no. I can't make it. Not going to be there. You know, or asking substance-abusing relatives to not use around you or your children. See, that's something where people keep trying to push the limits on me. I said don't do it in my house. I don't want to be around it. And it's like they just go make me be around it. No. Mm-hmm. If you don't have no place to stay, if you don't have nowhere to go, don't force that on me. Because I already told you, no, I'm not tolerating that. And I to finish speaking without being interrupted. I got family members that when you start saying something, 
oh, my God, we're talking about communicating, they become so defensive. They want to defend themselves because they feel like they're being a How do you handle that, Sean, when you're trying to talk to someone and they are feeling like they're being attacked and become defensive before you can even finish saying what you got to say? That's the thing. I've had that lately, and um, I don't know how to handle it, to be honest. Um, It's crazy that I just kind of be quiet and, and, and not, and don't even, you know, give a, keep on with the conversation or whatever. And I know that's the wrong way to be, but I do. And I well, mean some, very good. Huh? You've got to remember that's their defense mechanism. And defense mechanisms keep them safe. I use humor. I laugh. And I don't be laughing at people, but I laugh. And um, Joanne said, I can't stand the word attack. Yeah, people will say, oh, you attacking me, or you da da da. No. I tapped into your insecurities, and it's something you may not want to deal with. But it talks about ways to create boundaries with dysfunctional family members, and we talk about breaking the cycle. No one to take a break. You can write things out. You can write things out for how you want them to be. Role play. You demonstrate the behavior you want to see. That's what I do. I do. I show my family who I am. I don't just use words. I show them. Yeah, don't make the old Jeanette come out because she's still in here. The old Jeanette will come out. Part of it, they will come out if you start poking the bear. But I learned to maintain exactly. it because I don't deny it. I don't deny it. Use I statements. Focus on how their actions make you feel rather than the other person being wrong. A lot of times with family, people think you, oh, you think you did. No, I don't. You may think it. I don't. Share with others who understand. Sometimes developing a support system helps. You don't want to take or get people to just always agree with you or turn them against the family, but you want to talk to other like-minded people. See, you and I relate because we were the oldest, mm-hmm. and we up together. So we share a lot in common, and some of the things, child, we never even talked about until we became an adult. Exactly. But that, that's some of the things you just said I have been doing, so maybe I am doing the right thing. You I, are doing I, 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 much better. I shy away from it, and then I'll go back to it later in a different way. You know, I explained to you, you know, you said this the other day, but you didn't hear me. Can you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to break anybody down. I'm trying to speak my, you know, my own feeling without putting somebody else down. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, try to, I do try to rephrase it. But and later, I say very effective because it lets you know what it's like for you versus a you statement. I feel blank when blank and what I would like mm-hmm. to see, and then I become defensive so you're not blaming them. Because a lot of times we will blame our family situations on people. Well, my mama did, my dad, and because and you don't understand, and when I was a kid, and all this other stuff, or go to the just kicked me off. Of, uh, <laughs> it just kicked me off. It took me to YouTube. I don't know if this is my mama kicking oh. me off the show. I hope the show got recorded. I, I, I'm just like, how YouTube just popped up here? Oh, there it go. Okay. So YouTube just popped up on my computer for no reason. I ain't even touched the computer. My hand is on my phone, and YouTube popped up. 
and it ain't serious, so leave them ghosts and all. But the thing mm-hmm. is, when I talk about breaking these cycles, we got to acknowledge, and like I said, um, seek professional help when necessary. Therapy work, therapy help. Therapy. Oh, therapy you know, work. If you need to bond or you need to restore relationships, or even if you need to work on just you, mm-hmm. you know, in our case, our parents are gone. My mother's gone. You still have your father. But my mother's gone and my father's gone. I don't have mm-hmm. them, but I can still talk about it because I know and I learned to forgive them because they did the best with what they had. And, and, and you know, my I know my mother did a lot of things the wrong way. Only mm-hmm. thing she wasn't was a person that did criminal things, but she she did a lot of stuff in the wrong way. And I don't blame her for that. Um, I just appreciate the things that she did show me, even some things that were wrong, because I figured out for myself what was wrong or right. Let me say this, Sean. There's not always a right and a wrong because it's their intention. You Mm -hmm. figured out what she was doing did not work for you. See, I realized that my mother communicated with us was not working for me. It was abusive. It was Mm -hmm. verbally to where she could have broke down our self-esteem and being called out of her names and all of that stuff. And y'all knew when Jean came outside, I was like, oh, hey, come on down. But yeah, I'm well, not saying it wrong, but it wasn't appropriate. So I had yeah, to learn, you're not going to talk to me I like that. I always say, you know what I always say? What's that? If we think about what our, what our mindset was at 14, 15, 16, then we can excuse, I know for sure, my mother, because she had me at 15. Mm-hmm. So let's be honest, she was still a kid. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, we don't grow, our minds don't grow sometimes till our, you know, after 25 and sometimes after 30. So mm-hmm. I give her that out. But I just learned to, okay, I take, I take it all in stride. I don't you care what, what? what's wrong as long mm-hmm. as I make something better out of it. Correct. I'm going to share something with you that I don't even know if you even knew that I knew because I never said that and I'm going to say it now. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up as kids, so many people thought I was fast. And you know I wasn't. I've never been no, fast I yeah, I don't even know why nobody would think that because you, you didn't ever carry yourself did. that way. But they did. But, see, when we were growing up, your mother thought I was going to be a bad influence on you. No. Because of she did. She did. She thought I was going to be a bad influence. But the day I, I saw it in her face, when I met you at church for something, I don't know why we was at a church. But it was me, you, and Sue. And she looked at me, and she saw the woman that I am today. Now, yeah. And she never probably thought I was going to become that woman. 
see, a lot of, even with my sister's behavior, I didn't do a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that my little sister was doing when I was growing mm-hmm. up. But my personality was always different. Yes, my it was. was always different. But I got put in the same boat with my mama and my sister. Mm-hmm. And that was not me. Maybe. She never voiced it. But and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why she never thought I was going to be. And you just hit it on the nail. I mm-hmm. didn't know that your mother had you at 15. Uh-huh. When you were coming down to my house, it was like we were 14, 15, and it was always mm-hmm. a lot of boys at my house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She might have been think that way. But you know she, she never voiced it. There. You know, but you know, you know Sue. She oh, I know. Believed in, she believed in being direct and saying it. So what? even if she felt it and didn't say it, she didn't say it to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, she she believed in being so out. She was way too outspoken, I'm going to say. You know, but that's who she was. So she, but you she, know she, what got me? I'm trying to remember why we was at a church. I don't know if it was Cole's funeral. I don't know why we was at a church. It was me, you, and your mama. And she kept looking probably, at me. It probably was a funeral, girl. And she it's saw probably. that we're still friends today. And she was just looking at me like, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's one thing she knew. She knew She knew for some years that we've been friends. She liked the friends that we were, the friends that, mm-hmm. like you said, didn't have to be around each other every day. But she liked the person you were. Now, that's the because one she knew. She didn't know. She liked the person that you now, turned out to be, I should say. Correct. So now when you said that Sue had you at 15, it makes mm-hmm. sense. She and didn't not, want you not, down When three. I say truly all the way 15, it was truly 15 because I just had that conversation before your show. And mm-hmm. um, Penny, Penny never knew that either. I was like, yeah, my, um, she have, my birthday is May 31st. Hers October 29th. So think about mm-hmm. it. She was only 15 years and eight months older than myself. Wow. She wasn't even, she, she never, didn't even turn 16 until four months but later. I know. A lot of my friends' parents thought, you know, I remember when I was dating um, Byron, when my new Byron in middle school, his mother was concerned because he thought she thought I was going to be like my mama. But to the day that woman died, that was my best friend. At You don't have to be where you used to be. 
mm-hmm. evolved. You know, in the back of our, our especially our mothers, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say our fathers because um, fathers have that same way of thinking about their their sons. But, you mm-hmm. know, mothers always, in the back of their mind, I think, unconsciously think that we're going to be the same people that they were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think in self-consciously, Sue always thought my daughter's going to be do the same, make the same mistakes I made. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, she never said that, but it's, like I said, it's insinuated. You know what I mean? Correct. Especially with well, especially you know what, what you just said about her. I always mm-hmm. felt like she thought that just because she was a teen parent, her daughter would be a teen parent. That goes back to, and like I was trying to tell Reggie about breaking this cycle, because Reggie got so much juke in him, I just be like, oof, oof, and I try to get you, I, I got you out the hood, I got you, and oof, I get mad. But my mother was like that with my sister. And to me, Boogie's always been the prettiest, Boogie's always been the smartest, but Boogie was looking for love. I wasn't. So that's what made the difference. And Boogie was just like Jenny in a lot of ways. And my mother couldn't mm-hmm. stand it. Couldn't stand it. And I am so proud of Boogie's daughter, Raisa. Raisa mm-hmm. so mature, independent, and buying her own house. And she, girl, I'm like, oof, you go, girl. You go. So many of us have stepped out of our comfort zone. So mm-hmm. if you're out there and you're scared or you feel challenged or you think they're going to think, they're going to talk about you anyway. So you might as well do what makes you happy. Live Amen. the life you want to live. Like people be like, oh, she bragging about her Mercedes and her Cadillac. No, I'm not because I paid for it. I ain't bragging about nothing I paid for because it didn't come for free. But I knew what I wanted. And I got it. Had to make out, did all that, buy me another one. Don't come in. Look at the food. Come in and do your sports. I can fucking pick up the uniform. I'm sorry, Jeanette. Okay. Well, now, what do you want the listeners to know? Because we don't want over our time. But what do you want the listeners to know before we get into that? When it comes to breaking cycles, it's it's it's, it's not easy to do. I'm, 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 I'm trying to say it's easy, but no, it's not easy to do. But you, mm-hmm. we have to make ourselves aware of those cycles, good or bad or not. Remember to try to make our own way, even if it's not good. At the same time, we we still have to we have to have our own individuality. We need to make our own life decisions, not not about somebody else's. You know what I mean? No, no, rather it's good or bad. You may make your own decisions. Step out of your comfort zone and find you, and that's not easy to do because it's not easy for me. And I I regret so much a lot. I regret not being the person I am now at least 20 years ago because mm-hmm. I feel like well, my life is not bad. It's not bad, but I feel like it could have been better. Mm-hmm. I want to say this. Give yourself some compassion. Have compassion on yourself. Things may not be the way you want them to be, but you still are striving to evolve. You know, one of the things you were talking about, they call it Maslow Hierarchy of Needs, and it's called self-actualization. Your basic needs got to be met first. And then there's certain needs that you get to 
Now we call it evolving. Now we talk about becoming independent. Now we talk about becoming self-sufficient. Now we, we have a lot of different terms that we can use to describe it. I call it freedom and peace. I'm at peace, and I don't have to deal with a whole lot of stuff that comes from my past and who I'm related to, and I have no control. I used to tell my son, he was like, you can't, what do you say, you can't something with family. I used to say, you can't change family, or you can't pick who you're related to. No, but I can pick who I want to interact with. So I'm in the, I got family members I don't even know related to me. I see it every day, especially on Facebook. I don't know half these people. I know we I, I know we over the time, but that's I, know you know, I can't see that. And just like it's not just me, it's a because a, a couple of people shine but like a couple of um, us have said we like your energy because it's like you said you're free, you're at peace, and you see it. Even when you're not feeling well, you look peaceful. You know what I mean? You don't look mm-hmm. like you have a care in the world. And I'm like, wow, it must be nice. And I'm not saying I don't have no bad life. I'm as far mm-hmm. from it. I'm just saying you look peaceful. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, and, and just I have to give, you know, literally give you a, 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 what do you call it, applaud you because you've truly been, uh, um, you know, somebody, a, a, a good energy for me, a person that's literally helped me without knowing you helping me. You know what I'm you, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Make me cry because yeah. I'm not emotional. But you know what, yeah, son? Yes. I yeah, because you, you do. It's not nothing I, that you do. It's just the way you carry yourself. It's it, it, it's just gay. It's giving me some um, more, uh, I guess, a little more energy myself, a little, you know? And you didn't have to do anything, and that's a good thing. You know, and you say you know, you say you have a lot of good people in your life. Well, we don't. We have a few good people, and 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 we appreciate them. And you know, you know, you 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 really got my back. And and it's not financially or none of that. You just have my back, and it helps me out so much. You're one of those persons that I can call and talk to, whether on the show or not, because your show helps me out a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and sometimes I hate that. I don't remember to listen all the time, but that's why I appreciate when you call and let me know because it's always we always have good topics. It's always good topics. So yeah, it's well, well, me out thing, a lot. Even if you miss the show, you can always click on the link to listen to the show at any time. Oh, I do. No, I you do. Know. Well, I'm just saying. And you, you know. can go back and but listen. But not all the time, listen. but I do. Somebody asked you, do you go back and listen to your? I used to, but I don't anymore. When I'm done, I'm done. I go to the next show. I go to the next topic. So tomorrow, well, I read. I read what your topic is, and I'm like, okay, I want to listen to that. So then, yeah, mm-hmm. those are the ones I listen to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't remember to to listen every week, like which would really be good. To read, I guess all of none of us have that kind of time, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm glad they can listen at any time because you know what? This is really therapeutic. It ain't nothing free therapy. It is. <laughs> no, it, it is. You have you have some good topics, like I said. You. I don't, I don't even know how you come up with them. That's what I'm saying. Your energy is great. I, I love it. I and mean, you've done a lot for me. If you don't know it, yeah, now you know. <laughs> it does a lot for me. I tell people I'm very obedient. I do what I'm supposed to do. It ain't about me. Mm-hmm. It's still not about me. But I want to say tomorrow I'm going to be talking about loyalty. Because many mm-hmm. of us have a false sense of loyalty. We think that we got to be ride or die. I'm ride oh, or die. Oh, my God. 
for nothing stupid. I'm going to let you know. Sean, we ain't doing that. Because this right here ain't making no sense. I, I'm riding but, to die, but I've been, I've been stupid to it. Well, I ain't going to be riding to die. I'm going to be like, mm-mm, yeah. I got you. I'm going to yeah. tell you, we're going to figure this out. I do a but, lot of stuff I don't want to do, Jeanette, and that's crazy because what's, what's wrong with just saying I can't do it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'm tired. No. So I've never had that's to say the But, oh, but don't think I'm not, don't, I'm not changing. I'm changing. Mm-hmm. I know you know it. I'm I'm changing. You are, and I am very proud of you. So we're going to be talking about loyalty tomorrow because many individuals got this concept confused. Oh, I got to be loyal. I got to, I got to have their bag. I got to. You know what? There was a show. I got to say this. There was a show about on oh, two by. I don't know if I'll be saying it right. Two by two B, and it was called Perk. I think Perk Thirty. Girl, that was a good show. The wife said something to the husband about having all their kids around and and family. That man said, we created a bunch of murderers. He, he said, we don't know which one I'm going to kill us. I said, oh, my God. And at the end, I'd be doggone if them kids wasn't setting up to kill their own parent and kill their own siblings. You know, so these are things that sometimes when we look at our family and the dysfunction, when I was watching that movie, I was like, oh, my God. This is stuff that be happening every day when you're dealing with families that are drug dealers yeah. or yeah. You know, all this stuff going yeah. on and a bunch of crooks and crooks. That man said, we created a bunch of murderers. Oh, <laughs> I said, at least he was honest. He was honest. Good mama said, do you think they'll kill us? He said, yep. And she said, I will kill you before you kill one of my kids. Girl, the mama. Wow. And, and, girl, you should have saw that mama breaking out with all kind of guns. I said, if this ain't so, my family. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. My family. We, look, look. We, we all have, but let, the, the one thing we can't say, all of us have some dysfunction. All, all of us. Nobody's perfect. Nobody, nobody is perfect. But you got to watch this movie. It was like, I was like, what in the world? Girl, the daddy, they sitting up there and, and they're trying to have a family meeting, and they all happy. He was like, I created this mansion, and I got this mansion for us, and da 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 this and that. That man said, we created a bunch of murderers, <laughs> a bunch of, I said, ooh, ooh, he was so telling the truth. Oh, and- and we so, know it's like I said, it's true. And a lot of times, and I'm going to tell you, that was one of the things that got me with growing up in Compton. And mm-hmm. I want my children to be exposed to a lot of the things that I was exposed to. I'm trying to see if I can find it. I think it was called Perk 30. Because the girl was selling peels. She was selling... um. <laughs> And she thought that she could, um, and her daddy was like, mm-mm, you ain't doing all that. It, it's our family, our family. Okay. You know, I, 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 to be honest, everybody told me about TV, and I haven't gotten into it yet, but I am. Yeah, it's on I think I watched one movie two, weeks, two or three weeks ago. And I was like, I got, got, got to keep in too many people are telling me. But um, if I find the name of it, I'm going to text it to you because I want you to see this. Okay. Or you got to see it. 
man said about his family. He was like, he was honest. He was so honest. All right, we got to end the show. Okay. Again, final topic, loyalty. Okay. See you later, and thank you again for listening Thanks, to Jeanette Abney, licensed marriage family therapist, and my special guest, Sean Cook. I appreciate okay. you, Sean, because you help bring energy oh, to the show. thank you. <laughs> okay? Thank you. Take care and enjoy thank the rest you. of the day. All right. Take care. Have okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.